Hello everybody and welcome back to Eyes of the Mize. My name is John. That's Ian. Hello. This is my last episode, like technically single. Hey. Anyways, uh, today is July 30th and uh, this is going to be another seething song, but I'll save the episode title for later after Eyes on the Community because we had a lot happen this weekend. I mean, to be fair, if you're clicking on this via a, you know, podcast thing, you're going to see the title of the episode already. So that's kind of funny to me. Fair. <laughs> but I want, I, I want, I need to frame, I need to frame the title correctly. Oh, no, absolutely. You can't just throw that out. I mean, granted. Yeah, that's fair. Anyways, There's a lot going on. Uh, we had a Mythic Championship this weekend. We also had a SCG uh, Modern event. Both of them were Modern. Uh, and Modern well, got Hogak. To be fair the mythic championship was also modern horizons limited yes but yeah true. uh hogak was by far and away like 24 percent of the field in uh the mythic championship it had like a 50 percent conversion rate on day two of the mythic championship which by the way still means it was by far and away the most popular deck on day two and People are looking at the stats, and the only reason why it tanked so hard is that uh, drafting limited yeah. is still a part of the Mythic Championship, and those pilots who were on Hogak, uh, felt, a lot of them fell to poor records, which is why only one made the top eight. However, and this is a big however, nobody had I was it like between it was like between twenty seven and twenty nine match points of like the ten or twelve decks, like. Eight of them were Hogak, and like four were like three other like three other archetypes. Yeah. So there was a lot of gak going on. Um, it was also but, half of the top eight at SCG Columbus. Yeah. So, but in the we have to talk about the winner, Thorolf Severin, uh, aka uh, oh man, had it up here real quick. There it is. Toffle MTG, part of the Arena Boys, uh, along with the side of Riley Knight, who is one of the broadcasters. He was on Mono Green Tron and defeated Alvaro Fernandez Torres on. Hardened Scales Affinity in the finals. I will say this. I watched the finals. It was a really great thing. It was a really great uh, uh, matchup. Went four rounds. Uh, looked like it was actually going to go just a quick 3-0 victory to Thoroff. However, Hardened Scales can mull to five pretty well. And they, they cooked off, or Torres cooked off with Hardened Scales on a mull to five and while Thoroff had turn three Tron. Yeah. And still and, won that game. Yeah. When you have hardened skills out and an arcbound ravager, there's just so many things you can do. Yeah, they mold a five or of our mold a five had turn one hardened skills and it was just off to the races from there. So Yep. Uh but that said, modern is in a weird place right now. We had, you know, the BNR announcement come and go of nothing's changed. Uh, Hogak is still around. Next, it's just a very different style of deck. Yeah, next... it's still Hogak, but it's it's no longer make a billion zombies. Oh yeah, it's moved away from that uh, altar of dementia combo style finish to just more yeah. of like self mill. Uh, you know, a couple copies were playing four of Hedron uh, Crab and the yeah. like. So, uh, next ban restrict announcement I believe is twenty six August. Mm -hmm. uh, so we'll see if anything happens in the next three to four weeks data point wise uh, to possibly influence it I am honestly scared that they're going to just go eh faithless looting well, and leave Hogak around and I'm like but why though <laughs> my my hot take of the mythic championship in the weekend is no one is forcing you to play Hogak very true and 
You can play whatever you want. To be fair, we did see the resurgence of Jund. Yeah. Uh, Because when you're dealing with a lot of graveyards, Jund has all the cards that fights it pretty well. Plus, it's just a good counter punch to crazy broken stuff with the mid-range. At the Mythic Championship, there were, what, 873 copies of Leyland of the Void between all competitors? And 170 of them were in main decks? Oh, yeah. Oh, also, we forgot to mention, there was also a magic fest barcelona with a gp going on and the finals was a jund mirror match yeah that the only reason apparently like one of the games took like 30 minutes just because they were literally just trading off spot removal um it only broke serve when they were able to keep planeswalkers around so that is the mid-range mirror yep uh that's how it goes but yeah modern is in a weird place um it's not bad but hogak is definitely fast Hogak is definitely a thing you have to fight. Um, it's kind of one of those things where it's not bad, but it's definitely being warped by a deck. Um, pack your graveyard hate if you're playing modern coming up. Yep. Like to be fair, uh, uh, what's it called? Pete, my teammate from last week or from SCG Philly, he was like, "Yeah, I'm looking at maybe just packing Tron right now if the meta game stays the same because it's pretty good against the field." So, yeah, that's a that says a lot when a humans player is like, "F it, I'm picking up Tron." He's also he's also going to be testing Mono Red Phoenix, so we'll see how it goes. There you go. Uh, also, Commander Nineteen previews are going to be starting August first from Gen Con, and then uh, the community preview cards are starting on August fifth with some previews from a bunch of other people and ourselves. Heck so yeah. our preview is going to go live on August fifth. So be on the lookout for that. To be fair, we'll probably be recording it on like what Friday, uh, Thursday. I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. I'm bringing my recording. I'm at least bringing my mic and maybe my webcam along with my laptop so we can record something. We'll figure it out. Anyways, it'll it'll, it'll be just look on our various accounts wherever. We'll post stuff. Just look. Follow tw- yeah. follow on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. If you don't know the if you don't know the drill by now, all social medias are at the end of the broadcast. Like, now. share, and subscribe. Don't forget to hit the bell. Anyway, I really, I really, anyways, that's, I hate that's it. another yeah, topic I hate entirely. It. It's bad. Um, let's move on to the main topic because we are going to be talking about judges. Specifically, there was an announcement about the Judge Academy, which is replacing the current judge program. So uh, I'm going to start this off before you go with it. So yes, as we mentioned at the top of the show, this is a seething song. Seething songs for us, if you are relatively familiar and haven't heard one yet, one of us goes off on a topic. I think you've done all three of them so far. I, I have done all of the seeding songs because we haven't found one that you would want to do. I mean, that's fair. Uh, <laughs> one of these days. <laughs> anyway, um, unban, unban something for in fact, I don't know, whatever. Uh, I'm going to just preface this off the bat where John is going to take the, uh, the majority of this episode. I will ch- chime in with my somewhat third party-ish yes i know i'm affected by his magic player as well however i have never been a judge i have no inclination of ever being a judge um i do appreciate the judges you're awesome keep it up uh so john is like i said john's going to take the priority on this episode uh, and once i pass priority you'll be good to go um exactly uh so yeah i'm holding i'm holding alt right now Uh, that's what it is right (laughs) hold alt to hold key priority um no so yeah, this is going to be a thing. Um, kind of like hash, like I don't know, like asterisk, like all views expressed herein are that of John's, and I'll chime in with my own opinion. So, yeah, pass priority to you, my friend. So, 
There was an announcement over the weekend during the during the Mythic Championship that there was going to be a major change to the Judge program, which is now the Judge Academy. Um, it is a new company that has been formed to train and certify event staff for organized play. Um, they're not only working with Wizards of the Coast, but they're also working with Asmodee, the the um, producers of Keyforge. So they're trying to parlay this not into just being a magic rules judge, but a rules judge for other card game events. Yeah, in their FAQ, they actually mentioned that they were needing, like Asmodee said, they need excellent judges around the world to help them create amazing events. Um, they're basically bringing the professionalism and everything or the high standards and quality of magic judges to other games as well and yeah. looking to certify them that way. So the judge Academy is starting on October 1st of this year in most places, uh, much of Europe, Japan and all of the United States and Canada, other areas they're going to be rolling out as they get there. Um, mainly because when you start an international business, um, there's a lot of things you have to take into account. Probably local laws is the majority of what that is. Yeah, uh, jumping in for clarification, they did say about 75%. They are looking to finish it off with the rest of it. Like, But John said at launch, they just didn't have the uh, – they were not holding up, I guess, the rollout of the program in order to actually like solidify 100% across the board. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, the Judge Academy is was founded by Tim Shields, who is um, – he's best known for running our, uh, Cascade Games. And then there's another one of the second questions of the fact is who else is on the staff and everyone who I've seen talk about who is who's involved with this judge academy has said that they really, really trust the people that have that are behind this, that that they're always they're great people to go to, great people to talk to and all that fun stuff. Yeah, that, um, I've, I've, I've seen that, too. Um, I, know I keep jumping in, but yeah. I've seen that, too, like basically across the board. Everyone's like, oh, Tim's running it. Okay, I've got a little more faith in this now. So it's one of those things where, like I said, as completely, I don't even know what the heck's going on. Sometimes the judge judges have very nice circles of where they know the higher level peoples and everything like that. The fact that they are kind of taking a little bit at ease, knowing that who's in charge of this, it's a little bit of a, I don't know, what's the word? Nice break. So back to you. Um, there is an advisory group of former uh, level three judges from all over the world, two from the U S one from Canada, one from Argentina, one from Spain and one from Finland. Um, then there's also a group of community managers, which people like who are the judge program, like myself would recognize as kind of the regional coordinators. So if you need anything before October 1st, you can just talk to your regional coordinator. And then here they list who the different regional court the community managers is there, what their quote unquote is. For anyone that you need. for So, for example, where I am, which would probably be the USA South, that's going to be Nicholas Zidemer, who's a level three from the US. If you're over probably where Ian is in the, in the East, that would be Eric Dustin Brown, who is also a level three. The lowest judge level for any of these is level two, it looks like, unless uh, Mr. Ron Foster, who is going to be the community manager for Japan, does not have a judge level at all. Uh, the community managers are, are, according to their fact, they are supposed to help it grow and support judges in the region. Basically, they t- they're taking on the role of regional coordinator just with a different name. There's still going to be levels. There's still level one, two, and three, and they're adding back the rule advisor step, which is kind of just a stepping stone to level one. It's so that you could be recognized as someone who knows the rules. You are someone who can be trusted to to know how certain interactions work in a game of Magic. 
it's a Once nice you get to that. oh it's a nice little level sorry nice little level for people uh you know working at the lgs if you know they play and don't don't want to go full board judge and you know be like you got a little fnm question you could be like yo you know did the guy work man the counter might know the rules yeah uh it's oh, guy or girl to- or other person sorry guy gal non-binary non-binary pal anyways um once you get to level one that is when you are assumed to have the soft skills according to their uh faq to create an excellent event things like conflict resolution how to do a demo uh thinking as a service as opposed to thinking of things in certain other other ways and other organizational skills um basically l1 is the intended go-between or the go-to person at your friendly local game store. Uh, level twos, they build on that, and they kind of go... The L2s are expected to be mentors and leaders in their area, and they're going to be running your competitive REL events. Uh, an L1 could be promoted to an L2 after an L2 kind of monitors them, and uh, together with an L1, like, assist the L1 in running an event, and then they could get promoted to L2 so that they could then run their own competitive REL events. And then L3s are the people who are the people who are team who are head judging GPs, head judging mythic championships. They're the people who are the big boys as for or the big boys and girls as far as the judge community. So I don't think anything is going to happen there. One Bas- the, basically, they, your current red shirts. Yeah, uh, they do note that um, if you transition from the active judge program to the judge academy, you get to keep whatever your current level is. So if you're an L1 now, you're going to be an L1 in judge academy. If you're an L3, you'll also be an L3 in Judge Academy. Uh, they did make a note that if you are an L3 and you step down involuntarily or due to inactivity, you're going to be granted the emeritus status, and you can recertify within five years of L3 with a modified list of you know, how to get back in good standing as an L3, which is pretty nice, all things considered. Um then they also talk about judge foils because that's one of the big things is the compensation that judges get from which has been gifted from wizards but now it's a little bit more explicit if you're an l1 you get one card from each wave four total cards uh eight year eight cards total per membership year level two you get two cards for each wave and level three you get four cards for each wave um and we have we already have the list of upcoming judge promos which look fantastic it's Chalice of the Void with new-to-paper art, Monastery Mentor with new art, Reflecting Pool with new-to-paper art, and Yuriko the Tiger's Shadow, first time in foil because she was originally printed in a commander set. So that's going to be really, really big. Um, I've also, again, if you remember from a couple episodes ago, Tournament Report-wise, I actually lost to her in Legacy at one point. Yeah. I mean, flipping Force of Will off Yuriko seems real gas. Um if you sign up for Judge Academy, everyone you also have access to the Rules Advisor and L1 Judge lessons that they'll have listed on the website. And then once you qualify for L1, you can get access to the L2 uh, lessons and vice versa, and so on for L2 access to L3 lessons. Um, so there is a, there are some other things like, for example, it says here, wait, so to become a judge, all I need to do is watch some videos and take a few tests. It's not that it's not just that you need to be, have time min- being mentored by an L2 or another L1 in order to show that you have the other skills and that you're actively participating as a judge in your community. You can't just take a test, whatever, and then become a judge, which is something that I, that is pretty key. I think Um, there's also talking about other things like there's no, there's no longer going to be the exemplar waves, which didn't really make sense to my, to me anyways. Um, 
tournament policy, who's going to be shaping it. It's going to be with the coast and the contractors. Um, there's a bunch of other things like, are there still going to be um, conferences and a bunch of whole other stuff. Um, but here, here's the crux and here's why the title of this show is Welcome to Judge Flicks. And, there it um, is. and here it is. Here's the drop. Um, there's a membership fees. That's how Judge Academy is um, presenting these. Uh, as a membership fees, rules advisors are either free or $50. Uh, it says rules advisors with paying memberships will receive Judge Academy gaming accessories. Possibilities include sleeves, playmats, deck boxes, and more. After that, L1s pay $100 membership fee. L2s pay $200 in membership fees. And L3s pay $400 in membership fees. Basically, your membership fee for the year amounts to how many promos you get. Okay? Which to me feels a little weird. But here's my thing. And having seen the announcement now as opposed to what I was thinking originally, um, it still feels, you know, a little wa- a little wonky, a little weird. Um, but this is my this is my take right now. That is liable to change in the future. Who knows? But right now, and I know Wizards isn't technically running this, but Wizards is having a heavy hand in supporting this. Wizards, judges are not a revenue stream. Being a judge is something that I would do for free. It's something that I do to help the community because someone has to be there to make sure that events are run well, that events are run fairly, and that everyone has has a fair shot. And making sure that no one gets cheated or otherwise. It's the whole thing with Chris McCoolin, why his invitational card is meddling mage. Like, would I be paying? And like, yes, I get compensation from the stores, but that's not in the form of checks. It's in the form of products and whatnot. But but even then, like, if I'm paying dues to a to a entity to take care of me or train me or anything like that, foils like Judge Foils is not why I became a judge. And the foils are nice. They're great, but it doesn't make sense to me that if I decided to go up to level two, suddenly my dues increase because now I have to be paying, you know, more money because I'm getting more foils, but that's all I'm getting. All I'm getting is more foils. There's nothing else that changes if I go from L1 to L2 or from rules advisor to L1. It's just that this money increase just happens because I'm better at my job. That doesn't make sense to me. It seems to me that um, what Judge Academy is trying to do, and they, they do talk a little bit about what your costs are going into, or why, why the membership fees are going into, and what, they're gonna, what the business operating procedures are. Because also, by the way, Judge Academy is a for-profit business. It is not a not-for-profit. So the people who are running it are theoretically making money. And I understand needing money for website costs, needing money for you know what have you. But really? You had something you were going to say? Oh, no, yeah. It just... No, I forget. <laughs> Keep going. Um, but, like, to parlay this into kind of another another avenue. I know you... Now we were talking before that you used to be a uh, a youth uh, hockey referee. Yes, I used to um, I used to referee for and officiate for USA, USA Hockey. Uh, this was back when I was, like, 13, 14, 15. I was but a young teenager and it was a great way to make a quick buck on a weekend. I was basically level one ref, um, had to pay my membership dues, which was like 35, 45 bucks a year. I don't remember how much it was back then, but I think it's like 50 bucks now uh, for level one. Again, it goes up for level two and level three certification on up, but we got like basically a USA or USA hockey membership. Keep saying USAA. That's my bank. Uh, USA. (laughs) Yeah. Um, 
USA hockey has a membership thing where you get like insurance based off of if you get hurt while playing. Granted, yes, it's a lot more members for this. There's a lot more behind it in terms of money that they can use to have that kind of thing. So I'm not looking at insurance for here, here, but they also provided training. They also provided a lot of similar, uh, you know, certification environment type stuff like, you know, conferences you can attend and other stuff like that, that this judge program seems to do. However, again, looking at it from USA Hockey, it's kind of a situation where it's a very well entrenched, very well funded organization through all sorts of other means, as opposed to just a judge program for a card game and other things of that sort. However, like I mentioned, I made a nice buck. Hockey games are about an hour or so. This is a 15 year old. I was making 25 bucks an hour, maybe 30 bucks, depending on the games. I was getting paid for my time uh, to actually do this reference. So I pay like the 30, 40 bucks, like the whatever the annual fee was to renew my certification. And then I would make back that and some with a hefty chunk of money with these judges. Now in a comparison, all you get are these promos that you can maybe flip on a market somewhere. Yeah. So as a comparison point, when I was in my, my freshman and sophomore years of college, I was also a uh, Tennessee secondary school athletic association wrestling referee. Um, and I just looked it up right now, what I would need to do in order to become a wrestling ref. Uh, a, I would have to pass a rules exam, um, which, you know, each year they have new ref, they have new points of points of reference like they do in like the NFL and the NBA of things that we're trying to focus on. And there is a uh, fee every year to kind of reapply. And it's for your first uh, first sport, because as a TWCAA ref, you can actually refer, you can actually be qualified for multiple sports. But for your first sport, it's $70 for every additional sport that you decide to register for. It's another $60 registration fee. Uh, but here's the thing. In doing so, not only do you you know immediately get in contact with someone local. For example, I could tell you if people were interested who my um, point of contact would be for the, wrestling, for the Referee Association for Middle Tennessee. Um, I also have officials insurance. If I get injured while I'm ref- refing or anything like that, I can, re- I can post a claim to TSSAA. And they also support support you in that way. There's none of that for Judge Academy because, you know, one of the things that that happened as of a couple of years ago is that, you know, Wizards kind of put the onus on store owners to run background checks for judges. Well, we have now Judge Academy that can act as this single arbiter. So is my $100 paying for a background check? Because I'm going to need that if I'm going to be needing the judge anywhere. And so far, that's not explicitly said anywhere in the entirety of the thing. Because like it says, why are the membership dues? It allows the Judge Academy for current and future success as a program. And here's here's the here's the death knell, in my opinion. And company. Uh, they cover two main categories, covering structural costs and supporting community initiatives. Uh, it will, by, from a structure standpoint, they'll provide us with full-time staff to manage and grow the program, contracted community managers, and all of the necessary support structures such as attorneys, accountants, and the like. We'll also be continuing to hire community managers, blah, 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 blah. So, again, like, I understand that you need, you know, capital to host a website, especially if you're hosting videos, if you're doing lessons. I understand that since you got, since there's a company that you have a staff and they need to be compensated for their time, like, are they full, are they full size? Are they full time? Are they part time? What exactly is going on here? Um, But again, it's just, I'm looking at this. And I'm looking at, you know, again, like, why am I being punished monetarily 
for being better, for being a better judge, for taking on more responsibility. In my mind, it should theoretically be less. I, But still, at the same time, I'm just like, I don't understand. Like, judges are not a revenue stream is the big thing. Like, we sh- judges don't want to pay to be judges. I understand if there was more perks that we're getting aside from just basically what it sounds like is this is going to just be a registry of all the judges so that they have a, an address so that they can ship out foils to you based on how much you pay in each year. And if the promos are good, then I guess you can sell, you can you know flip them or whatever. And based on what's coming up this upcoming year, you know, spoiler, the foil, the promos that we have so far are pretty good. It just doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like this is a whole, a complete idea. And we were talking before we started recording, and I completely 100% agree with this, that this was a a decision made by Wizards due to the current ongoing lawsuit about judges not being employees of Wizards of the Coast yeah. and not being properly compensated for their time. Yeah. Now, I want to say that there is uh, definitely a – just kind of a case where from the outside looking in – like this, this judge lawsuit has been going on for the better part of the last four years now. Um, that all of a sudden they're retiring something with. There still hasn't been a resolution to that whole judge lawsuit thing. Um, not saying tinfoil hat or anything. It's just one of those things where the judge program, ever since that happened, has gone through all sorts of transformations and mutations and changes. Um, some have been good. Some have been a little less welcome. Uh, but whether or not this was a direct result of it, it's one where we will never actually know, but as an observer, it's kind of one of those like, mm, was it though? We'll never really know, but it's definitely, it has that kind of uneasy feeling. And I don't want it to be that way. Like I, I really don't want it to be the fact that it's essentially, Hey, look, we were having an issue with the judges. Let's just scrap it and start something new. Like if, that was like the bare bottom line of what happened. Yeah. Eh. But if it was a whole bunch of other reasons and a lot of the stuff stated and all of that sort, then you know what? Fine. I, that's that's totally understandable. I would like again. I really, really don't want to be paranoid or any kind of thing of that sort. It's it's really not a good look to yeah. be paranoid. But again, it's a case of did it happen? I don't. I don't really know. Like it's, and then also, by the way, um, on the Magic Judges blog, there's a post from yet yeah, from the July 29th by Sarah Mox, the former community manager for the Judge Network via Watsi, and it states, you know, this new organization offers an opportunity to bring clear leadership and direction for Magic Judges and Wizards is committed to supporting its success as the community gr- continues to grow. So again, this prompts another question: if if Wizards is committed to it, who's actually running it? Is it Wizards? Is it Mr. Is it Tim Shields? I mean, if they're trying to contract with Wizards and then contract with other games, you would hope that it would be, you know, the individuals who are running the company. But at the same time, it just it just doesn't feel right to me. Like, and granted, I my judge my judge has um my judge my judge um what's the word I'm looking for certification? Yes, has lapsed because I haven't run any events in a long time. And that's because you know my work schedule doesn't always accommodate. Uh, and you had that be free on the weekend. You had that cancer thing too. Don't forget. Yeah, I did. I did have that little cancer thing. Um, wouldn't no, have been a good idea for me to judge during that. No one's blaming but, you for that one. No, no one's blaming me for that one. Um, but 
again, it's just like I understand that Wizards wants to support the judges because judges are great and everything. And I also understand in the lawsuit, Wizards' perspective, that judges aren't employees. But at the same time, you're having these judges work, you know, pretty insane hours when they're working over a weekend to, you know, do things. Like when I was a wrestling referee, uh, if I was refing a weekend tournament, I would get there at like 6 a.m. I would referee until like 5 p.m., 6 p.m. Then I would go back home because that's how long it was. And I would get a check for like, you know. $150, $200 $150, $200 or whatever. Um, and that was that. But it, it's, again, like, I, I understand that I'm kind of just reiterating the same points over and over again. But it's just like, <laughs> I don't want to pay to be a judge. You're hammering the point, I get it. Yeah, I, I don't, I shouldn't, if I'm paying $100 a year, which granted is pretty f- tame when you look at some of the other subscription-based services that are out there that people pay for, like Twitch subscriptions, or Netflix, or Amazon Prime, or, you know, upcoming other subscription services like, you know, Disney's... Um, Disney Plus. Whatever. It's called Disney, it's Plus. Called Disney Plus. Yeah, Disney Plus, like the DC one, like all those other things. This is not something that I think people should be, you know... I don't see how this is a good thing. And there's going to be a lot of judges who will immediately go over to this because this is how they continue to be judges, and I have no problems with that. You know, if you want to continue judging and this is the avenue to continue judging, then I completely understand you going over to doing that. And then I also understand, like, you know, somebody's going to say, well, you know, L3 judges are pretty well compensated for their time running GPs and whatnot. And so and I'm like, that's great. Do you know what the but current compensation for all that stuff is for them? Not offhand because I never got that into it. Yeah. But on the flip side, you know, uh, someone who we both follow on Twitter, uh, Cube April. She used to be a a high ranking judge, and and she would go to GPs and run events at GPs. I don't think she ever ran a GP. Uh, I could be mistaken, but judges are expected to book their own flight and book their own room. In addition to going to a GP and working pretty insane hours, you you get some breaks. Thank God, because I wouldn't want to have a judge out there on the floor of a GP running it for you know twelve hours since the the hall opens at you know crack of dawn sometimes. But it's just there, there needs to be more accountability than what is being offered for the price that they're giving it. It's just It just doesn't make sense to me personally what's going on. Now, it could be because they're trying to do this as a international business. In my mind, what would make more sense is to have an overarching judge association with that oversees smaller judging associations that are country by country – so that follow different rules. So, for example, the U.S. judging, the like the U.S. judges situate or judges organization would be able to be compliant to U.S. laws, which would be different from the laws in the EU, different from the laws in Canada, different from the laws in Japan, and so on. Um, it's just that I don't this idea, this thing that they put up, which while it sounds great, serving as a training resource and communication resource and everything like that, everything sounds fantastic. It's just these are all big picture things. These aren't details. And there's been a lot of that with with Wizards recently, like going back to my seething song on communication about how Wizards is really bad at communicating. Like, I don't know why. They're just really bad at it. And the times they're good, it's great. But then they immediately do something else stupid. And it's just like, what's going on? You could have just said something. Why did you say something earlier? 
it's like we've had conversations before. It's like, why doesn't Wizards have a community manager who's working over the weekends? Who knows? Yeah, especially it's, especially when it comes to like all your tournaments over the weekends. Who's who's working on weekend? I, I get it. It's a Monday to Friday ninety five job for a lot of people, but community yeah, management just, is a twenty four seven job. Technically, like if I had my weekends free, I would do it for Wizards. I would I would totally be paid to be the to be the community manager who monitors Twitter and social media over the weekends Tons and responds to crap. But they do have people who do that stuff. But it's it's more of the level of responsibility you would need to be able to enact any kind of change and or stuff yeah which which tells me that there's too many hands in the pie because since since we've had episode they've announced the restructuring of stuff so who knows if that's going to have any kind that's just like i guess the internal r&d teams and yeah uh now also who knows who knows how it's gonna who knows how it's gonna affect kind of like organized play kind of situation and also of note i should specify because if it's not clear like this conversation that we're having has nothing to do with the people making the cards because magic as a game is probably the strongest it's been in a long time like standard while people are really people love to gripe about you know the uber powerful cars there's always a siege rhino in standard there's always a teferi time raveler there's always an experimental friend. There's always a card that people are going to complain about regardless of what you do. Um, but Sanders has been in a really good place of late. Some of the older formats, like Modern we were talking about, seems to be in a little bit of a of a rut. And, you know, there's still a lot of other things going on. Like, cause like this is this judge announcement is completely, completely independent of the fact that we don't know what the Mythic Championship schedule looks like for next year. Channel Fireball canceled all Mythic Championship qualifiers at Mythic at Magic Fests because no one knows what the schedule looks like for next year. And there's a lot of people who are saying, who apparently were saying that Mythic, this last Mythic Championship is their last competitive Magic event because no one knows what's going on. Also, still don't know how the MPL is getting fed. Yes. Like, there's still a whole bunch of things that we don't know, and we're already halfway through 2019. And it's just... To be fair, there's, I, there's a lot of uncertainty in the fact that we, we got into... Good got the communication part here because I'm going to chime in a little bit just because this is something that I can talk about because this is how everyone else found out about it. There were a couple people who had had people who were at the uh, Mythic Championship and uh, Magic Fest Barcelona where apparently the judges there were told about this kind of, I guess, was it the play, like some sort of meeting or something like that like at the end of one of the days yeah. where they're like, hey, heads up, this is a change that's come down the pipeline these judges in an event got this information and spread it to their fellow judge friends who then went public with it to kind of be like, Hey, everybody heads up some change, some changes coming down the pipeline. Look for it on Monday. And of course the story got ahead of them on a weekend and yeah. So, um, the, the person who did that, uh, Kirsty, uh, probably saying her name wrong. Um, I think it's Hayworst artist on Twitter. Uh, she also does the, pins for the i'll go with you stuff too so uh that's why i was like oh i recognize that name trustworthy source kind of thing mm-hmm. so it wasn't like some random being like hey there's a judge judge program change coming up it was somebody who people knew in the community is like there's something coming down granted people took the initial information that she put out completely in the wrong way again people don't jump don't shoot the messenger seriously especially when it's nobody associated with the actual change don't don't shoot them please don't just don't shoot them uh she kind of had to make a couple like, hey, people are taking this the complete wrong way. I don't know anything about this. Stop jumping down my throat, which sucks that the internet, you know, jumped at her mm. that way. But that said, 
kind of touching with John just saying about the communication, this kind of semi leaked out, not in the way that they were hoping for the announcement rollout, which at this point is par for the course. Yeah. Unfortunately. It, it's, <sighs> but I know, I know talking with you, John, that you've just been massively like, this has definitely disincentivized you from wanting to maybe yeah. hop back in again. Yeah, like unless I get something, unless I get better information about what's going on and what my hundred dollars are getting me, if I decide to go back as an L one, like it's just I don't know. I do not blame anyone for jumping in for jumping into Judges Academy so that we can have you know judging events, but at the same time, it's just it just it just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, there's I, nothing else to really say, unfortunately. Yeah, that's kind of the thing. There are people who. Are welcome to the change and i've also noticed a lot of people too that have said uh a lot of people with the really negative reactions and all that kind of stuff like that are um people who haven't really judged before so that's why i've kind of been sitting back and saying like hey this is a, somebody who as a player is looking at and everything like that this is my reaction to so like one example um i know that wedge has had a very inflammatory opinion about this which more or less aligns with my own but at the same time I don't, I don't, I don't claim to know if Wedge has ever been a judge or anything like that. But um, again, like everyone who's involved in Judge Academy apparently is like fantastic and they're awesome. But at the same time, I personally don't want to pay to be a judge, and it's just it just doesn't make sense to me. Is all. Yeah, I, it really is a sad case where, and apparently people are like due to the whole. We still the 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 program feels like it's kind of still being fleshed out and worked out. And I don't know if it's a case of maybe it should have been 100% ready to go or not, but the way some of the things in the FAQ reads, and I was talking to John about this ahead of time is that a lot of this feels to kind of liken it to something else. It feels like a video game that was pushed out to meet a deadline or a uh, ship date. And it's going to require a day zero patch. Um, yeah. So the day zero patch thing, I, I, it's a very loaded topic to say that kind of thing. However, that seventy five percent of the world magic judging things are going to be covered at the beginning. Okay, that's a good portion of it. Why? I and I get the legality behind the other twenty five percent. However, that's twenty five percent. That is one quarter. That's a lot of, I guess, the global magic community that's not going to have technically actual factual judge support however it's going to be implemented in its new form at the start they better have it up and running quick and i would really hope that whoever the the community managers are and the main points of contact and in this case it's uh, nicolette aprez who wrote the initial entry to the judge academy hey this is what we're going on if it's her or if it's other people, I really, really hope that they can just constantly give updates, just fire hose us worth of updates on, hey, this is where the program's sitting at, like up state of the program kind of thing, just to put players at ease. And I know other judges, um, hopefully that this smooths out a little bit, but I, I know me personally, once this leaked out or the information kind of leaked out on the weekend, I was like, I'm going to sit back and not give any hot takes and to be fair i don't think i have any hot takes on this yeah i have which is fair i have the hottest take that i have is that it just feels half-baked 
or not half baked. It's like three quarters partially baked. I don't know. There's I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels like a lot of the announcements that have been made in regards to this entire year, 2019, with the MPL and not Judge Academy and everything like that, just everything feels like it. They should have should have just waited until it was ready. Well, the one thing you don't really like seeing in an FAQ on this kind of thing is the words "iron out." Um, it appears once in the FAQ, and it's regarding pre-test requirements and continuing education for level two and up judges. I get that. Yes, they have accomplished a lot as level two and level three judges. So we're going to let them roll into the next year or two like that. I would hope that that iron out means they already have semi a plan in place. But I don't know if I would use the words iron out. We would say we're finalizing or working to get the last bits done for this. Ironing out makes it sound like "Eh, we might have a plan or we'll see how the plan goes. I, I do appreciate that they're working in concert for these judge promos. Yeah. Um, the fact that straight up they have a, hey, this is the waves, this is what you're getting, all that kind of stuff. Um, the fact that the exemplar program is kind of getting put on hiatus, that's fine. That seems like a paradigm shift from the old system to the new system. And for something like that, just hold off until you see how it goes. I am happy that they did mention that they recognize the need for peer-to-peer recognition, which is yeah. huge. That is definitely something that needs to continue down the road. If this leads to better judges uh, with, oh, right. Did we mention judge apps? Well, the whole thing with judge apps is, I don't know. It's hard to explain that because it's sort of been defunct anyways. Yeah. Or am I thinking of judge portal? I don't know. This this one specifically references judge apps. Um, They're trying to make sure that it has all of the uh, incorporation for technology once it rolls across, which also yeah. kind of has me like, uh, we were not fully tested. Now we're rolling it out. Yeah, basically. in beta, essentially, sounds like that. That's just one of those. Wor- it says working hard to ensure it has all the features and to be the hub once once it, the incorporated region starting October first and the out of service areas. Inspiring confidence. It's I get it. It's a whole new endeavor, and there's gonna be rough patches at the start. I'm fully well aware of that. And this is, I'm just, this is me stating, I'm really reticent to go from where we've gone in the past with communication to not fully implemented programs. Like for instance, this is, I guess, yes, again, third party, not wizards, but with the MPL and everything like that, where it's just not fully there or we don't have all the information yet kind of thing. And it's just not a good look. Yeah, it. I hate keeping hitting on the same points, but it's really important to just keep emphasizing the fact that these things should be rolled out with more of a solid base under it. And it only yes, we had Wizards had one of their best quarters ever in terms of uh, player base and mon- money fun- funneled at Hasbro. Great, but if a lot of the top tier stuff is changing, seriously, just let us know. Uh, and just not even just be like, hey, we're looking to trans- transition this and we'll see how it goes kind of thing. Just tell us straight up, hey, this will be changing. This is going to not look anything like it used to, or it's just going to be under new management. Like, what is this? If it's just, if this just all boils down to, hey, it's under new management, we're switching the programs over, rough, rough patch, let's do this. Cool. Honestly, that's what it also kind of feels like under new management. Yeah. 
Anyways, but hopefully I it has the traction. I don't know. It's. I hope the judge shirts look cool. <laughs> uh, yes, that is the most important part is making sure that the judge shirts look rad. No, anyways, and, and another thing though, one last thing I will say, and I, we kind of touched on it, the fact that they are bringing in other games in under this program, and that the fact they didn't call it Magic Judge Academy, it's just Judge Academy. That is a very nice foresight ahead. Yeah, that just to bring professionalism to other games. Now, the real question will be is when they do that, are these regional coordinators going to have regional coordinators for other games or are, they, are these people going to have the dual hat for a while what's the deal with that that would be a wonderful question that should have been answered in the faq when they mentioned that they were going to also be authorizing keyforge judges. well it's as they're onboarding brands and stuff like that they're launching yeah i think they're saying my assumption is that the regional coordinators or the community managers as they're calling them um basically will act not just not necessarily as like rules advisors or rules like you know competency or um competency people but they will be the person who says oh you hey i have a keyforge tournament happening at ian's game store on august 1st uh are you free to go judge that event yeah that's my understanding if they're more so. like we had those with refereeing we're there are ref coordinators i, I also yeah. learned as a young kid how much i hate calling people because my god i was responsible as a 15 year old to schedule my own ref games i had to call my rep my regional my local coordinator who basically and oh that's another thing too is this doesn't really have a parallel to here but my god it stunk if you got on the wrong side of your ref coordinator in your local area because you would just get black you basically get blackballed out of uh refing games in your local area and as a 15 year old there was a ranks there was like two to three rinks within a 30 minute drive of my house and i was not gonna have my parents drive me any further than that when i was a kid yeah um so just being able to be like, hey, I want a chunk of four games on this weekend. There's a tournament in town. I'm going to go ref those games. I'd ref four games in a row. My parents would come pick me up afterwards. Bam, 100 bucks, just like that. But having yeah. to call to schedule the games and stuff like that was weird. Anyways, uh, I don't want to keep beating this dead horse over and over again. So we're going to go ahead and call it here. Um, look for our official preview cards for Commander 2019 coming out on August 5th. Um, I'm going to be excited about the previews coming out starting from Gen Con because um, based on information that's coming out, I think that these are going to be really, really cool. And after having seen our, seen our preview cards, um, I'm really excited to be able to share them with you. Ian, if people wanted to find you on social media, where can they do so? You guys can find me on Twitter at DixonIJ. That's D-I-X-O-N-I-J. You guys can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Dix. I swear to God, I will start streaming again once the craziness of the three W's in my life uh, calm down. That's wedding, work, and warrant officer packet submission uh, to go fly helicopters. Who knows when that'll happen? Uh, the that craziness will die down. I'll at least lose one of the W's soon because that's happening this weekend. Yeah. Um, that said, that's why Ian won't be here next week. Yeah, I won't be around. Uh, a little thing called honeymoon, and also, well, to be fair, you're also traveling on Thursday, Tuesday as well. So no, I'm traveling on Monday. Oh, right. Well, whatever. Oh, right. That's why we can't do the thing. Yeah. I have a guest lined up. Oh man. So. I can't wait. Oh. And also we'll include, if we decide to post this on say YouTube, I have my own YouTube account. It'll probably get posted through there. One of these days we might just make eyes and the minds YouTube. I think we have a placeholder for that, but we'll just post it on my YouTube account, which it's like youtube.com slash Dixon IJ, I believe. Yep. That makes sense to me. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I locked down that username across most platforms. We'll we'll do it. Anyway, look for the podcast information for where it's getting posted. We might even just post it 
directly to Twitter, depending how short it is. Anyway, John, where can they find yeah. you? You guys can find me on Twitter at JWILEY129. That's J-W-I-L-E-Y-129. You can also find me on Twitch at the same handle. So if you see me floating around a chat room, don't hesitate to say hi. Uh, if you want to appear to the podcast directly, you can do so in one of two ways. You can shoot, hit us up on Twitter at Eyes and the Mize, or you can shoot us an email at eyesandthemize at gmail.com. We'd love to hear how we can best improve the podcast for you, our lovely listeners. On behalf of Ian, I'm John. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next time. Mm-hmm.